Welcome to the Southern Blitz College Football Podcast. Buckle up as we preview the biggest college football games across the South, along with your top five matchups of the week. Here are your hosts, Jordan Wallace and Drew Waddell. Well, welcome back to the Southern Blitz podcast. Drew Waddell and I are coming in for our first breaking news pod. Um, I know you guys have missed this. It's the offseason. Not enough college football news, but here we are. OU in Texas finally gets announced. They are for sure coming to the SEC in 2024. Drew, are you jacked? I'm jacked, man. Hey, and I think that we should add this This podcast is, is brought to you by money. Just, just money, man. Money can <laughs> Money can just make things happen, man. I'm telling you, this is funny uh, how it works. yeah, <laughs> yeah, funny money. I, I'm telling, it's just like I'm telling you, everybody, everybody's satisfied at this point uh, from what we know. But man, it's amazing how, especially in college football, money makes the world go round. And we, were, I know you and I were texting with one of our SEC buddies this week, and at at the end of the day, when you dig deep beneath every single issue, it's always about money, man. Oh, yeah. oh, well, and, and you know, with a deal this lucrative, because, you know, some people think this was as simple as OU and Texas just moving con- uh, conferences, but there's a lot that went into it. I mean, from yes. what I had heard, I mean, basically, OU and Texas were ready to leave. I mean, obviously, they, they probably would be happy to leave last year, um, but they were ready to make the move out. At this point, Big 12 was ready for them to go, but they, they still had to clear those final hurdles of getting over the ESPN Fox, you know, contract deals and, and figuring that out. Um, oh, and then there's obviously the the small matter of the hundred million dollars that OU and Texas are going to pay to the Big Twelve remaining members. Small, small matter. Small. You yeah, know, yeah. It's just hey, hundred million, Drew. Don't make a big deal of it. You know, real quick though. I mean, let's let's. Yeah, are you sure Texas and Oklahoma weren't weren't uh, trying to delay this? Get a little trying to trying to beef up no. before they came to the mighty SEC. Oh, are Lord. you sure? You sure oh, about that? <laughs> well, you know. Hey, you know what? We're going to get into recruiting a little bit later on this pod, group, But there I think I think those two are going to be okay. There you go. Uh, well, I'll say this for for our listeners because the whole purpose of this pod is to obviously offer everyone who listens to this breaking news on how all this this went. So let's let's talk about some of the details yep. of the deal, George. Why don't you lead us off? So obviously, you know, we talked about that hundred million. I mean, that you know, that's a that's a fairly decent amount of money, Drew. But it's you know, it's less than what it was supposed to be. You know, so yep. obviously, OU and Texas were supposed to owe about eighty five million or so a piece obviously they got that down to 50 through negotiations and such so you know either way that that helps cushion the blow so to speak for the other eight big 12 members um because all all eight of them had to take a reduced you know payout this year to give some of the money to the four new members of you know byu ucf houston and uh who am i forgetting and Cincinnati. Sorry. Cincinnati, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually, that was the part that I had forgotten, that the eight legacy Big 12 teams agreed to share that portion of their media rights deal. So that mm-hmm. I had forgotten about that. Uh, you know, and I think, what was it, like $16 million over a couple of seasons per school? Yeah. Per, per, so this money, this 100000 pot, hundred essentially, $100 million, 100 million will go to kind of basically make, you know, those yeah. eight institutions whole, I guess you could no, say. And, and you know, you do the math on it, they, it, it should, in fact, make them whole for the most part. Yeah. Because um, yeah. they talked about it being about a five to eight million dollar reduction for a year. Um, you know, 
do the do the simple math on it, and you're talking, you know, close to twelve million a, a school. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, and hopefully. you know what? You and I are in the business of of uh, negotiating uh, contracts, and uh, you know this this number started at 168 million, yeah. and they got it down to 100 million. I mean, I would say, really, for for all parties, the Big 12, the existing Big 12 powers, the new ones that are coming in. And then uh, OU in Texas, uh, I mean, it, it was a win. And, I mean, obviously Fox and ESPN, they sort of win either way, uh, in my opinion. But but from a money perspective, I really think it worked out just about as good as it could have worked out. Yeah, totally agree. And, and you know, it, it was already going to be kind of weird because you've got the four new Big 12 teams coming in this year and OU and Texas are still around. It's, it's like inviting your new girlfriend to, to move in when your old <laughs> one hadn't moved her stuff out yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why even, why even uh, open up that relationship? You know, it too. I mean, and you know, a couple, couple kind of small details. Uh, you know, there was a scheduled two game series between Texas and Michigan. Yeah, that one has a location swap. Uh, the Wolverines well, will will host Longhorns, right? Twenty three and twenty four. Yes. Correct, and and I think the reasoning behind that, Drew, that is the compensation that basically Fox is yes. getting because again. They were going to miss out because you're you're the home team's going to get the broadcast rights. So when right. when Texas hosts Michigan, now ESPN can have that. But since Texas was no longer going to be in the Big Twelve, you know when they when they hosted Michigan, Fox misses out on that game. So that was right. one of the things I think that they did to compensate them is now they switched the schedule. Now now Texas has to go to Michigan coming up, and so Fox gets the broadcast rights to that. You know that's a, obviously a huge game. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be millions and millions of viewers because Michigan does not have a small following and neither yeah. does Texas. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, and I think that, again, I think that's fair and, and I think it works out. I do think it's going to be really interesting to see and kind of, and Greg Sankey, you know, obviously came out with a political statement yesterday that, hey, we're fully prepared to satisfy, you know, this early entry into the SEC. But, you know, the SEC will meet in March. And if you look at the past of when they have released schedules and things like that, I mean, Jordan, we're talking about they've got maybe a couple, two, three months to figure this out because they released these schedules so early. They, yeah. they may choose to delay them, but they've got a lot to talk about in March, which in my opinion kind of segues into our next part of the pod, what will SEC schedules look well, like, you know. And so you, it's exciting. You would probably remember better than me, Drew, but did, I'm trying to think. The SEC released this year's schedule – or the 2023 schedule, well, somewhere around September when it's early season. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, yeah. But a lot of those decisions are kind of, I don't know, a majority made kind of at these, uh, I guess, what do they call them, winter meetings sort yeah. of deal in, in, in March, that kind of deal. So you got you to gotta hope that, you know, they anticipated to some degree that this would happen. And so they've sure. already been working on it to some degree. Um, sure. But I don't know. And, and, and let's, you know, let's go down that path for a minute, Drew. You know, yeah. talk about the upcoming SEC schedules. So, I, I, you know, there's been plenty of options out there, man. Do they do two big divisions? Do they do pods? I think the most logical one and the one that I think we've seen enough rumors that it's likely is going to yeah. be that three plus six schedule, which yes. personally yes. I love. Because, and for those that don't know, I mean, the three plus six is three permanent teams on your on your schedule and that does not mean that's not a pod that doesn't mean that all those teams only play like play each other every year that means each team has three permanent um right opponents meaning like for let's say oklahoma can play texas 
Arkansas, Missouri every year. Yeah. Now that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that that's Arkansas. They're in a pod. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean they're Ar- in a pod. Yeah. yeah. Arkansas yeah. could play Oklahoma, Texas, and LSU every year, or, or something yeah. like that. I mean, it could it could be different. Um, yeah. And I, honestly, as far as Oklahoma goes, that's probably about what I expect is Texas, Arkansas, and then I could see that going either A and M, Missouri. Not 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 another one of the elites. One of the more of the middle schools. Um, yeah. I think they're they'll have to keep those three teams semi balanced. Drew. Yeah. Just yeah. Because they're not gonna they're not gonna make well you know then again you, you oh you could get the the new guy treatment and get Texas Alabama and Georgia yeah. <laughs> three teams yeah. Like. yeah yeah no they just do that in the Big Twelve that's yeah, just okay. referee, referees and all that we're we're gonna yeah. we're gonna be nice to you we're gonna be yeah. nice to you that here. is not what I have heard through I've heard I've heard plenty <laughs> of things about hey we're this is the Bama conference although yeah. now Georgia's gonna get some preferential treatment so. Yeah, know. just we'll, just come over here. Just come over here. I mean, but, you know, it's, you know uh, it'll be okay. It'll either be okay. way, you you got to like three plus six schedule because one, you yeah, get to make yeah. sure you keep those those fun games. I think OU Arkansas will be a great rivalry with their proximity to each other. Um, mm-hmm. You keep OU Texas obviously, and then more importantly to me is with the three plus six. Well, there's only twelve other teams outside of your three permanents, meaning you get to play every single team in the SEC at least. Every other once year. Every, yeah, right. And you get to host every team once every four seasons. Yeah. You know, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. And you get to go there. I, the, one of my favorite parts about SEC football is road trips. So, right. I mean, just think about the different stadiums you get to go to. You know, it's like, for instance, we played South Carolina this year. We don't mm-hmm. play South Carolina hardly ever. I mean, yeah. it's like every six years right well, that's, now. Yeah, I that's, mean, that's the issue with the current one is because, you know, with how it is now, Arkansas or whoever has their six division games. Then you have a locked-in opponent from the other division. Yeah. So you only get one alternating game every year. Like, which, yeah. why would you do that? You're costing yourself fun road trips. And, you know, yeah. and it's not even guaranteed to be on the road or home either, either way. So and, I'll, may- and I'll say, you know, a proponent for the nine-game structure versus the eight-game structure, the COVID year, I think, just solidified what everybody wants. I mean, the fact that we yeah. had, you know, what, a 12-game – whatever what was it 10 12 i can't remember now but you know every game was an sec game every game was locked in it was yeah, exciting it was 10, everybody came right. 10 games yeah 10 games everybody came out of that saying why in the world do we not play more sec games and do we really need to see alabama play louisiana monroe again you know that <laughs> kind of thing no we don't and i mean so i think i think the nine game season is going to happen i just think that it's a matter of are they going to do the pod structure are they simply going to do 16 yeah. teams? I think they're more than likely going to go just straight 16 and have permanent opponents. I kind of wish they would do the pod because I like mm. the potential pod of Arkansas, Missouri, yeah. Texas, and Oklahoma. Honestly, I like that pod. But, you know, that's selfish desires there. Well, and <laughs> so you can throw still those get those, those same teams that you play yeah. every year, Drew. It's just, you know, and I, I had somebody arguing with me saying that they like the divisions because, again – if you're not winning the conference, at least maybe you maybe you can at least win a division. You have some right. sort of banner to hang, basically. Um, of course, I know yeah. there's there's some schools in the conference that'll hang a banner just for participating. So <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to go down that road. Riding those um, coattails, yeah. Riding so, the coattails, yeah. yeah you know, and, yeah. and the other thing you got to think about, Drew, is you know, with this going to the new schedule, one, you're adding two new big programs to the conference that's already the best conference in the country with OU and Texas. Right. Two, you're adding another game against this conference. 
I mean, the new, I mean, a, a, a season that's a 10 and two type season now, very well, yeah. maybe eight and four or nine and three yeah. in, coming next year. So right. everything's right. going to get tougher. Yeah, it's going to get tougher. And don't forget, the, the reason why this also made sense is now, you know, OU and Texas come into the conference. I believe that's the first first year the uh, the playoff expansion happens as well. And so, that's I mean, correct. it's it, everything coincided at the right time. It made zero sense to wait. Yeah. And uh, I think it's I think it's going to be awesome. It, it's going to be tough. I mean, the the problem that is presented at this point in the SEC is, you know, how do – which is a good thing that we're expanding the playoff, but, you know, how much of beating up on each other within conference is going to affect teams getting into the playoff. But, I mean – yeah. Yeah, who cares, man? Give me, give me all the powerhouses, baby. Well, give I, me, give me. You got to, you got to expect. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if eight and four SEC teams make that top twelve. Oh, it would yeah. not surprise me one bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially at that point. I mean, again, and that that year, Drew, that twenty twenty four season is also the first year that USC and UCLA make the move to the Big Ten. That's true. So yeah, I mean, true. we're that is. I mean, we got the playoff. We got OU Texas moving. We got USC UCLA moving. 2024 is going to be the brand new landscape of college football. Yeah, and I'll say the Big 12, everything I've read on the Big 12, you know, they continue to water down what it means to lose OU in Texas, and they, they feel so good about, you know, these these schools they're adding. And I agree. They, they did – they had a good pull with these four. Yeah. These are four solid teams coming in. But OU in Texas, um, I read a stat earlier that said literally six out of 13 weeks, I think, OU or Texas was in at least like the top three most watched games of the week. I mean, these guys – I mean, you cannot replace the – you know, the the coverage bases that these two teams no. uh, bring to a conference. And it, I think the Big 12 will feel it substantially um, after the fact. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, you you look forward and, and you know, it's still a solid conference, but you lose your, your, your two premier schools that I think made yeah. up about, I think they said about half the value of the, yeah. of the conference. You lose those. Well, that's going to certainly affect you when it comes time to negotiate a new TV to new TV deal. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works going forward, but yeah, I mean, not having, I guess a, a premier program to really hang your hat on. I mean, who, who is that now for the big 12? Is it, is it Oklahoma Come on. State? But it's Baylor, man. Baylor. Come on. Yeah, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Kidding me. I, mean, I, I, tell, I, I love me some Baylor too. Um, <laughs> but they, they don't have the fan base to really support that. Yeah. Um, I tell you, I tell you what makes me sad, Jordan, is uh this next year in Stillwater will be the last Bedlam played I know. until when? Until when? I, don't I, know. I, I do I, hate I, that face. I hate that face. You know, I, I, I would love to see them continue doing it. And and I, and even more so. I wish it was a non-conference game during conference play, basically, and I know you played them in rivalry week. Similar yes. to, you know, Georgia-Georgia Tech played that last week. Right. Um, I, I feel like they – and I guess Florida-Florida State. So, it's it's not unusual for the SEC. So, I'd love to see OU and OSU still play. But, sure. you know, that kind of limits you a little bit if you're Oklahoma as far as who you want to schedule out of conferences with big games. Because if you've got nine SEC games – Plus Oklahoma State, that's ten games right there. If you want to go schedule a big game against Ohio State or Michigan, my goodness, that 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 schedule would be absolutely horrible. Right? Yeah, it'd be it'd be so, terrible. It would. It, it will. It will be interesting to see the future games that have have, have been scheduled for the SEC. Yeah. You know what gets 
what what uh, what contracts get bought out uh, non conference wise, or maybe that are never played, or you know, or moved around a little yeah. bit based off adding another SEC opponent to the schedule. We'll, we'll see. We'll maybe see. maybe a, f- a, a few more uh, future games against the Citadel. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple more of those. A couple more of those. Northwest sure. Northwest East Carolina State Tech University. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, you got to find. I mean, you know, all the wins they matter, and uh, your strength of schedule is not going to be a problem. It's not like we need to go play some non-conference opponent to get to get a notch on our back. Yeah. No. I mean, no. You don't. You, know? you don't need it for sure. No, you do not need but, it. You know, and Drew, we we do lose Bedlam, but you know, obviously OU Texas still going to be a game. The game we do gain that's a huge one is going to be A and M Texas coming back. Yeah. yeah. On Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, that's that's a fun game to watch. And man, after all these years apart, those teams those teams are ready to hate yeah. each other some more. Yeah. Not that they ever stopped, but man, they that that's that's gonna be a fun game to watch, especially the first year. Well, and, um, and being a hog fan, I mean obviously we're excited about Texas coming in and uh you saw that two years ago, <clears throat> seeing the crowd that we drew. In Fayetteville. Oh, yeah. and, I, and, you know, selfishly between us, I mean, OU and Arkansas have a great history as well. So, you're bringing some pretty pretty neat rivalries, and you're able to keep the old rivalries. Because, you know, part of the scheduling and whatever they do, pods, no pods, they're going to keep, you know, the Iron Bowls, uh, you know, yeah. things like that intact. I mean, they're going to protect these rivalries. And so, overall, it's a uh, Overall, it's you a lose that and that's yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the only game of significance that you lose out of everything. Yeah, and I mean, let's let's not be naive. I mean, I, I the SEC is not done yet adding teams, and uh, neither I is hope, the Big Twelve. I hope they are. I they are big. I, you know what? They're already too big for my taste. Group. Yeah, personally, it, and it doesn't matter. I, I'm not going to go too much on my soapbox, but I would love to see the SEC get cut down to ten teams, and same yeah. with everybody else. Because, again, with 10 teams, you can play the entire conference. You can play nine games and play the entire conference. And, and that's how the Big 12 was set up this year, and I loved it, you know, because you yeah. play everybody. Right. There's no there's no ducking anybody. I mean, shoot, you look at look at Georgia's. You know, for an SEC team, Georgia's schedule this year is weak. Oh, yeah. Especially at their weak. talent level. They're going to walk through that, right. through that schedule. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. But it ain't gonna happen, brother. It's gonna, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna keep growing. Oh, I know. And, uh, I know. I it's know. gonna keep growing, no doubt about it. And uh, we'll we'll see, man. It's exciting. It, it's big time news. If you're a college football fan, this is exciting. But I do think it, it it leads to a trend that I really think in the next who knows how many years we're gonna have four mega conferences, and uh, we continue yeah. to move there. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Well, we'll and, you know, talking about those mega conferences, I think. I think the next move you see, Drew, because again, with the USC UCLA move and the SEC adding OU Texas, you know they both go to sixteen teams. Big Twelve's now going to be sitting at twelve, and I'd be very surprised if they are not already trying to make make moves to pull in four of the Pac-12 teams. Right. Because right. the Pac-12, I mean, they just lost USC and UCLA, and, and I mean, not that many people watch them anyway. This is the prime time to go snipe some teams off of that conference. Yeah, absolutely, I agree, and yeah. I, I think that yeah, yeah, I, I think you're dead on. I mean, I, there's the realignment process, you know, with several of these conferences is going to be interesting to see. And yeah, you know, we talked about the ACC. ACC is one of those conferences I think that has been really under the radar, and uh, there's some there's some teams right for the picking out yeah. there: uh, North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson. 
Um, Miami. Miami. Those yep. four in particular. The, you, you know the SEC. Greg Sankey can tell you 800 times till he's blue in the face that, he, that we're done. But I promise you right now, he, he's, he's eyeballing those guys for sure. Yeah. Well, and you know what, though? Right now, though, Drew, it's, it's going to be a recruiting disadvantage for those schools because, you know, SEC teams, Big Ten teams can be like, hey, these are the two main conferences now. Do you really right. want to go play in the ACC? Um, right. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting. But, you know, the, the Big 12's big if, – if the Big 12 is not sniping Pac-12 teams, they better watch yeah. out because the Pac's going to do it to them. Yeah, um, yeah. The only the only real issue for the Big Twelve is finding four Pac twelve teams that are worth taking. So yeah, yeah. Big, Big Twelve. You know, the only thing I've heard about the Big Twelve coming up is potentially taking who Gonzaga for basketball. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, heard that, um, and then I heard that the uh, the Pac twelve is is looking at uh, bringing because it makes so much sense to bring SMU in. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, SMU I mean, and what, San Diego State. Yeah, Those yeah, are, really. Uh, Really adding some power there. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. That's must-see TV. I'm yeah, I can't you. wait. Saturday night, you know, can't wait to pull up San Diego State versus Arizona, man. Really, really primetime matchup. Primetime matchup. Oh. <laughs> and I, I love college football, but that that just doesn't excite me in the least. That, no, sir. That sounds no, like a really sir. great game for me to sleep while it's on. Yeah, so, absolutely. The absolutely. Nine, 9 o'clock start. But, there you go. Yeah. Well, if you got anything more to add on that, let's do it. Otherwise, we can move on to recruiting. Yes, sir. Let's move so, into it. Let's, uh, I, I guess we'll start at the top. You know, you talk about the two new additions of OU and Texas. Well, with that, the entire top four will be from the SEC as far as recruiting. We have Bama number one, Georgia two, Texas three, Oklahoma four. Um, and those, those four teams make up 21 of the 39 five stars this year. So mm-hmm. that's a uh, – that's a fair amount of the big time talent going to four schools. Yeah, yeah, I hear a I hear a cash register going off somewhere. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would hey, listen. There, there, you look at the top. I'll say fifteen, and uh, there's no doubt. You know that that who has the money to compete. You yeah. know on a on a very heavy basis with each other, and that's just that's just what college football. We're not going to go into our whole nil rant here, but that's. That's where we are now. Yeah, you know, that's where well, we are. But I mean, yeah, you know, like I said, twenty-one of those thirty-nine five stars are with those top four. But again, nine of those are all going to Bama. Which, you know what? Say what you. I, I don't know that Bama's really. I don't think Bama's necessarily hitting the NIL. Some schools are. Um, I mean, they've got plenty to sell. But man, I, I kind of love it from a Bama standpoint. Is Georgia just won back-to-back titles? Nick Saban had to sit there on live TV while David Pollock told him basically told the nation Georgia is the face of college football now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they said, oh, okay, goes and signs nine, five stars. Yeah. You, you threatened Bama and they're uh, I think they're primed to respond. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. You cannot do that. Cannot do that. But yeah, it's a, it's an impressive list. I mean, I'm going through here in the top 25, you know, let's just talk about SEC real quick. I mean, you've got Mississippi state at 25, Arkansas at 22, Auburn at 17, South Carolina at 16, A&M at 15. You know, I mean, I don't know how many teams we'd go on and on and on. I mean, is that – what is that, 10 or so in the top 25? I mean, it's – I mean, if if you you expand that out to Big 12 and SEC, Drew, of the top 34 teams ranking-wise and recruiting, 19 of them are in the Big 12 or SEC. Yeah, yeah. 
It's so it's insane. We'll I mean, talk it about really. The, yeah, we'll talk about the lonely five of uh, Iowa State at forty-two, West Virginia forty-eight, <laughs> Vandy fifty-two, Oklahoma State fifty-four, and Kansas seventy-two. Yeah. Um, really, the only one out of place there is, is Oklahoma State. I mean, just a, a, a they've got they've got some issues going on in Stillwater right now. Maybe yeah, it's, big time. Maybe it's big the time. lack of bedlam. They're already upset, and it is. You got to be. But you know, between transfers and then having a, a yeah. bad recruiting class, I mean, it, that is not spelled good for the future. No, for, they, uh, I, I don't know what's State. going on there. Um, but yeah, obviously not a not a very good recruiting class. They've been getting hammered by the portal. Um, I've heard reports just they just don't have their NIL game together right now. Yeah, um, I, you, you got to have something going on, whether you like it or not. You got to provide some sort of NIL outlet for your players, or, yeah. or that's going to happen. Yeah, and I'll give you a story within a story. I mean, just looking at that top uh, 30 or so, I mean, the fact that Mississippi State finished at 25 and Ole Miss at 27, it may not seem like a big deal, but let's not forget that, you know, Lane Kiffin gets this fat contract extension and yep. gets paid. And then, uh, you know, Mississippi State riding on a first-year coach that's never been a head coach, he he does pretty darn well. You know, yeah. he finishes and, 25 and to hold battle together, in Mississippi. To hold together that recruiting class, yeah. Right after Mike Leach passes away. I mean, that's, you know, a hat tip to Mississippi State. That's a heck of a recruiting class when you have to endure losing a head coach yeah. like that. Absolutely. Now, now, obviously, it might have looked a little different had they gone outside um, for an outside hire and instead put a defensive. So maybe that's probably a big part of it. He was able to hold that class. Too. I mean, another one's, you know, TCU at 20. I mean, really. And that class initially, they obviously losing Garrett Riley as their offensive coordinator didn't help that class, um, but still a really strong class from TCU. Plus, man, they cleaned up in the portal. We talked about that one of our previous yeah. podcasts. But TCU, nice recruiting class, great portal class. That uh, they're, they're really taking advantage of this big season. Yeah, no doubt about it. they are. It's a star-studded top twenty-five, uh, and just reminds you of the arms race. Uh, that is in place, but uh, yeah. you know it's exciting. I mean, you, you know, hey, if you're not happy with your class, uh, you know, from high school, I mean, there's still time to pick up guys in the portal. It's it's ever active for sure. Yeah, but you know, we we can get into some of the big stars, I guess, from from this class. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, Alabama's got nine five stars. True, I, I, we don't even have time. I don't even want to go through all of them because that's that's just a lot. Um. But, you know, some of the bigger names, you know, you got five-star quarterbacks. Arch Manning's obviously probably the biggest name in this class headed to Texas. Uh, I, think I've, I've, I think I've heard that last name before. I don't know about you. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds familiar. Hey, the good news is, too, hey, I like the news. We'll get Arch in the SEC, you know, for sure, uh, for some for some good time. You know, we know that to be true. So at least two news. years' worth. Yeah, at least two years. That's right. So, no, well, I, I I think you know you never know what happens with Quinn Ewers. Maybe Ewers sticks around and yeah, yeah. starts a couple of years. I, I don't know that Arch Manning sticks around if he's not starting as a sophomore at least. But right, right. You know, you know three. Uh, you know, talking about Oklahoma, three of the top sixteen players in the country headed to OU. They've mm-hmm. got their five star quarterback, safety, and defensive end. So, I mean, if you're picking positions to to land five stars, those are those are three pretty good ones. Yeah, um, outside of maybe an offensive lineman, but yeah, yeah, you know, and again, A and M landed two five stars running back and big defensive end who's probably going to spin down the defensive tackle and David Hicks. 
And even our boys in, uh, out in South Carolina, the Gamecocks pulled in a five-star, Drew. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I have to give South Carolina a little bit of credit. They, they had a nice recruiting class. They pulled quite a few nice recruits there at the very end. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Beamer, Beamer he, he's an appealing guy. I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's proven that he's not the flash in the pan necessarily. But, uh, yeah, he's got to be happy with the class. Not only, again, not only the high school class, but also his transfer class that he brought in as well. Yeah. Well, and you got to wonder, too, Drew. I mean, for the majority of the season, South Carolina did not look very good. No. Um, and, and, and if that had kind of continued, probably wouldn't see this nice, this, this fantastic of a finish for them, including right. the five-star at the end. Um, but nothing like a nice flash win over Tennessee and then following that up with a flash win over Clemson. I mean, those are two massive upsets at the end of the season, which makes South Carolina season look a whole lot better in a hurry. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah, I, Beamer balls is, uh, alive and well and in South Carolina so oh, they're, they're committed they're they're in they're all the way in at this point uh, with uh, you know new new offensive coordinator and uh, you know some fans were happy about that some weren't we'll see how that goes but uh, and they had some guys leave Jordan had some skill position players leave yeah Marshall uh, Lloyd yeah lost yeah. their star running back yeah it's uh yeah. it's it was interesting because I, I wasn't sure how that was going to go you know everything looked rosy and great there and then all of a sudden Marshawn Lloyd leaves had a couple other guys leave so just kind of a weird deal but I think everybody kind of experienced that with the transfer portal this year you know yeah you being a hog fan obviously Jalen Catalan leaving Mm -hmm. um so it it happens but you know I'm not gonna let us get out of recruiting without you getting to talk a little bit of hogs I mean who's who's your favorite favorite player that the hogs land in this recruiting class so one of the one of the tight ends you know, one of the, you know, tight end wise, definitely uh, held on to Shamar Easter, which was good. I know OU would love to have him, right? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, you, you got to be excited about a guy like Luke Hobbs. I mean, it, obviously everybody wanted him. I mean, whether it's OU, yeah. Bama, you name it, he's a guy that can start from day one. Uh, and, and you know, it's kind of funny with a new offensive coordinator in Enos. Uh, I, I think he'll be used quite a bit more than he was with Kendall, but. Um, there's a lot of guys I'm excited about, man. I, I'm not going to go too much down the list. I don't want to bore you to death. But, you know, Arkansas has a uh, – I know this is surprising, Jordan, and to our listeners, but Arkansas has a deficiency in the secondary. Isn't that, no. isn't that, isn't that mind-blowing? I mean, who would have thought? This is the first I'm hearing of it. Who would have thought? But, uh, you know, there's a kid named Jalen Braxton who's our highest-rated cornerback uh, that we pulled in from from Texas. and. We're excited about him for sure. We have several other D-backs that came in along with our transfer class, guys that can play immediately. And we have help that is needed uh, right now, next year. You can play right – it had to be the recruiting pitch, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you can play right away. But I, I'll give a sleeper. Uh, we have a very deep running back room. But there's a kid named Isaiah Augustave from uh, Florida. And uh, at the very end, he had a lot of teams coming in. And he's on the borderline of a five-star uh, but he was a solid get for Arkansas deep in uh, in Florida and Naples to pull him. So our running back room is not uh, short on talent, so it's exciting. But the Hogs did good, man. 22, very respectable. There was a lot of drama in the offseason uh, yeah. between coaches and transfers, and they, they've kind of stabilized now. And so I think uh, I think things are well. But uh, give us a little rundown on the, on the Sooners as well, Jordan. Well, you know, like we talked about, the three five-stars for Oklahoma are going to be a big deal. Um, but you know, it, the big thing is they, they won some big time defensive battles, you know, holding on the PJ out of the number 11 player in the country, 
Um, you know, when you're when you're a six five, two hundred and forty five pound defensive end that has the twitches that he does, um, you're you're gonna have a pretty long list of suitors. So yeah, holding on to him was huge. I mean, Peyton Bowen, God, what a what a cluster that that recruitment was. Was you know for those that missed it was down to Oklahoma, Notre Dame, and Oregon. You know, from what I've heard, it, it, he preferred Oklahoma. His mom wanted him at Notre Dame, and his dad wanted him at Oregon. You know, his parents are not together anymore. Um, so come signing day, you know, he just his mom was pushing so hard for Notre Dame that he ended up he just he threw the Notre Dame hat down and picked Oregon, and everyone kind of was shocked by that because Oregon had come in late. Well, I guess he and his family went back to the drawing board that night. And this is, again, signing day. Went back, had a long discussion that night, and never sent in his letter of intent to Oregon. So finally the next day came out, and he just signed. Didn't, didn't really do much of an announcement or anything. He just wanted to be done with it. Signed and sent his letter of intent into Oklahoma. So mm-hmm. just a mm-hmm. weird, weird turn of events. Um, probably the next the, – the, the non-five-star, the next one up is probably Magar- Makari Vickers. Um, big time defensive back that that OU managed to win out over Alabama, and then last is the big offensive lineman from Lee Summit, Missouri, which uh, from what I heard, Missouri made a very strong NIL push on him, but the the Sooners managed to hold on to him. So yeah. that's kind of a quick rundown. Um, moving into a few of the others, you look at you look at quarterbacks across SEC Big Twelve. You know, a couple surprising ones. I mean, top one hundred guys in the country. You know, Avery Johnson headed to Kansas State. Um, mm-hmm. Really nice pull for them on the back end of their Big 12 championship. And then you got J.J. Cole, who's headed to Iowa State. So, mm-hmm. you know, a couple surprising teams there. But we, we can definitely talk a little Jaden Rashada, if you want, who's headed to <laughs> headed to Florida, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All 13 million of himself. Heading on, heading, heading away from Florida. Yeah. So uh, I, I literally, I think the last time we were on the pod, maybe we were talking about it, but it was like, there's, there's no way $13 million, you know, but golly, uh, you know, and I sent you the screenshot this week of what he was supposed to make monthly. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just one, it's mind blowing that Florida could even propose something like that, that the kid is worth it, you know, in their eyes. But two, that he would uh, take it as, as a word from them that, that it would happen. And so, obviously, this thing blew up. It's really kind of the first major uh, disaster, I guess you could say, regarding an NIL deal. Oh. Yeah, but but it's proof that, look for Florida. Oh, man, proof that this thing is unregulated and anything. And dirty. Yeah. yeah. Well, and here's anything. another thing, Drew. Man, if, if you're recruiting against Florida for somebody and they're trying to preach an NIL deal – you know, it's a pretty easy recruiting tool. Hey, look what happened to Jaden Rashada. He signed with Florida, and they backed out on his deal. Do you right. want to, You want that to happen to you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a compelling argument because it's pretty well publicly known. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's a, you know, after all that went down, you know, he ends up at somewhere. He ends up at Arizona State. So, right, right. Just a just a bizarre deal with Jaden Rashada. Um, Very. And it's Very. funny. We, you know, we had obviously on threes Jeremy Crabtree on. And that was the that was the one he brought up as kind of the interesting story. And this was well before all this came out and happened and everything. So, man, we, we might have had Jeremy on just a couple of weeks too early. Yeah, so, I know. We need to bring him back on ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just a weird deal. I mean, so other than that, I mean, you got, like I said, we've got Bama, Georgia, Texas, OU all in the top four, you know, right out there outside of there. You got LSU at six. 
um, you know, they're never, they're never going to be too far down the recruiting, the recruiting list. So really nice class for LSU, Tennessee in at nine. Um, you know, the Vols, Vols obviously taking advantage of their big season. So, you know, Josh Heupel is going to have that train running pretty well going forward. But again, there, there's some, there's some NIL money in, in Knoxville. Oh make, yeah. Make, make no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, before the, you know, before the Jaden Rashada thing came out, you know, Nico, uh, Nico, I, you know what? I'm not even going to try and say his last name. We're just going to call him Nico. Um, the quarterback headed to Tennessee was probably one of the biggest known NIL deals. And it was pretty widely known. That it was 8 million is the deal that he got. Yeah. Um, and again, when I say 8 million, that's, that's spread out over four years. So we're talking 2 million a year, but still, I mean, yeah, it, not, not freaking- a bad, not about all eighteen year old that's not doing yeah. anything in college. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So no, it's uh yeah, I, I, I don't really know what to make of it, but you gotta hope that it gets regulated soon enough. Um until it does though, you're you're kind of forced to play the game or you're gonna get left behind. Yeah, yeah, you have to play the game and but the, you know, the argument can be made the longer that people play the you know, and uh it'll be harder for them to change their ways later on. So Yeah. For sure. Well, that's uh, that's about all I got, Drew. You got anything left to add before we get out of here? That's about it. We we had to let our listeners know, obviously in our respective conferences, how big the deal this was. It, uh, it it's groundbreaking news. Honestly, I wish it was uh, this fall. <laughs> so yeah. I wish somehow they could make it for this fall. But but man, I'm excited. I'm fired up. Uh, it, you know, for for the pod, it just uh, further solidifies that. Uh, We'll be heading to it all SEC pod uh, very soon. And so, um, anyway, it's exciting. I'm fired up. It's good for college football. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're fired up for the future. Well, you know, there, again, there's always a chance that we come in with another breaking news or something pops up here in the offseason. Um, otherwise, we already have on the agenda where, you know, come come the very beginning of August, we're going to start knocking out, you know, a weekly pod again and, and doing our full previews on every single team in the Big 12 and SEC. So, yeah, if we, uh, yeah, if we don't see you before then. We look forward to doing that and uh, we'll follow up with you guys shortly. Thanks for listening, guys.